On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, you'll get to listen in on a conversation I had with our Global Scope campus ministry team in Nottingham, England. We talk about team. Team is at the root of who we are at Christian Missionary Fellowship. We are a team of teams that span across 26 countries around the world. And on this episode, you'll hear from Christine Barber, Matt Hawkins, and Miles Costello on what it means to be a team. This episode on team is an excerpt from a video series that Phil Tatum and I developed for a number of our campus ministry partners here in the States. You'll hear about six key points from them on team and how to be a highly functioning team and come away with some great insights and takeaways that should be applied to any team working anywhere. If you work on a team, you have something to learn from this episode. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to The Fellowship. Phil, tell me a little bit, or maybe tell our audience a little bit about why we're doing this video series. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but 2020 has been strange. And one of the strange things, the global pandemic, is we may not be able to visit campuses. Generally in the fall, we're out visiting U.S. campuses, talking about Global Scope, talking about campus ministry around the world and how young people, students, or interns can get involved, can serve either summer, semester, internship, even full-time, we usually get those kind of opportunities out on campus and we're, we're not gonna have those opportunities necessarily this fall, but we wanna do something to connect and something to, to help our friends in campus ministry here in the States. And so one thing we talked about was potentially talking about how we do campus ministry overseas and, and maybe this could be a helpful training component for our campus ministries back here in the States. And so, a few years ago, we and uh, myself and the Global Scope Steering Committee, our kind of advisory board, we ended up in, in a meeting where we were talking about well, we're not the only group doing international campus ministry overseas, but what makes us different? How are we different from crew and InterVarsity and others? What makes us distinct? And so we ended up coming up with uh, what we call the Global Scope Frame. And it, it basically describes some things that make us unique. And we've got four different walls to that frame. And so our ministries may look different from one, Thailand's gonna look different than Chile, than Scotland, but they're all within this, this framework. And so we wanted to, to put out a series of, of four videos that explain the four walls of that frame. And so today is the, the first of those, I'm really excited about it. And I'm gonna, quickly, the, the four walls of the frame are that we have a team approach to how we do ministry. We don't have any Lone Rangers out there working in Global Scope. If you're in Global Scope, you're on a team and that's for better or for worse. The second wall of the frame is hospitality. And that is reflected in how we do ministry, how we approach others, how we reach out, how we accept people who are coming through our doors when that's possible. Uh, and we're gonna have an interesting conversation, I think about what does virtual hospitality look like uh, later in this series. The third wall is grace-driven ministry. We believe that Jesus came absolutely in grace and truth, but we are gonna lead with grace uh, as we think Jesus did uh, for outsiders, for people who are far from God. And then the last bit of the wall, uh, the fourth frame is 
discipleship through leadership. We want to uh, invest in our students, invite them to lead, take ownership, and we believe that discipleship happens. And so we'll talk more about that later. But today I am joined with the Canvas Nottingham team, which I'm super excited about. These guys are some of my faves. I won't say they're my favorite team, but they are a great team. And they've been through a lot as a team since they've been on the field since 2016, helped start the second ministry of ours in England, also called Canvas at the University of Nottingham. And they recently did a training for us on on team. And Mm -hmm. so they are going to, to lead this today, but I'm super excited. Why don't you guys introduce yourselves and, and then you guys can kind of jump in. Hey, uh, my name is Matt Hawkins. Um, I've been here in the field in Nottingham since March of 2017. Uh, I'm Miles Costello and I moved over here in October of 2016. And my name is Christine Barber, and I originally served on the Birmingham team uh, with Canvas, and then I moved to Nottingham in 2016 to help start the new Canvas location. Great. Thanks for the intro, you guys, and excited to hear what what all you guys have to say about team, particularly because uh, it's not that it's always been smooth sailing for you guys. I see grins, Uh, (laughs) so you know what I mean there, but you guys have have persevered through difficult times and I think you're seeing some great fruit right now in your ministry. And part of that is because you guys are so committed to each other and to team. So should we let them take it away? What are we doing here, Jake? Yeah, I think that sounds great. We, You guys have prepared uh, this talk uh, and have actually presented it a couple of times to some other folks uh, within CMF, within Global Scope. And so we're excited to share this resource uh, with our friends and partners in ministry uh, here in the United States. So definitely, let's let you guys roll with it here for the next little bit. Sound good? Mm -hmm. All right. Let's talk about team. All right. So uh, we just wanted to give you a little bit of background because like we said, we've been in Nottingham for the past four years. And where we are today as a team, I think we would all agree is not where we were four years ago. And so uh, I think it would be helpful to to just catch you up to speed on where we started out. Um, when we first uh, were all together as a team, uh, really, and spent a significant amount of time together was the summer before we all moved to Nottingham. And uh, we are were a team of six at that point in time. And I would say there was no person like another person on our team. We all have very different personalities, different interests, um, different Enneagram numbers, if you will. And so uh, the general consensus, I think, from the outsider who uh, we interacted with uh, made comments such as, you have a really interesting team or you have a lot of personalities on your team, um, which was basically just code for like, oh my gosh, what is going to happen um, when these people work together? And I would say um, just a little fast forward, like we ended up, I think, working together really well as a team. And I just think that goes to show that Uh, A lot of people with very different uh, personalities and opinions and backgrounds can come together to form a cohesive team that works really well together. Um, We each knew one person on the team, so we didn't have any real 
strong relationship background. Um, although we do know of other teams who have had really strong uh, relationships or friendships going into Global Scope that have, uh, you know, been good or been difficult because of that. And so I guess all of that being said, you just don't know when you're first getting started, like no. where you're going to end up as a team. Um, but I think that, um, you know, if you're able to focus on the right things and all get on board with those core things as a team, you're able to go really far. Um, a couple things that we did as a team initially just to gel was we each week would have team brunch. Um, this was a time for us to kind of check in together as a team. And then also each semester we uh, take a team retreat and sometimes that's focused more on the ministry side of things and um, planning and dreaming. And other times it's more about like relational development and um, getting on the same page with one another personally. And uh, a lot of times it's a mix of both. So those are some things that we've done and kind of a little background of our team. So um, I think one of the first dynamics that we wanted to talk about um, that we found helpful is the idea of vulnerability. Um, I know that's not a, it's not a fun word. It's not like, oh, yeah, let's let's get vulnerable. Uh, certainly I as an introvert, uh, it's not something that I look forward to um, or really relish. Uh, but we have found it consistently uh, meaningful and helpful uh, for our team dynamic. And so we wanted to talk about it. Um, there are several things that, that I think um, – benefit from, from vulnerability on a team. Uh, the first one is key, which I think is building trust. Um, if I am able to share something that I'm struggling with with you, um, then, you know, if you handle it well, assuming you don't go on and, you know, tweet it, uh, then I, I trust that you're, that I can trust you with, with other uh, important information about me um, and that you have my best interest in mind. You know, that when you use that information to, for my, my good, then I trust that you're, you're on my team. And, and vice versa. Um, and also, you know, on the flip side, when when you share something with me, then I trust that I'm getting the whole picture of what's going on with you, um, that you're not, you know, holding something back or, or whatever it is, that you're fully committed to the team dynamic as well. Um, and obviously trust is so huge to, to everything on a team. And so being able to be vulnerable and, and kind of build trust that way is really helpful. Uh, the, the second reason that I think it's really good uh, to be vulnerable is um, that I can't help you as a teammate if I don't know what's going on. Um, if you have something going on in your life that's really affecting you, either like in work or, or you know, personal life outside of work, but if it's kind of, that's always going to bleed in at least a little bit. Um, and the more I know about what you're dealing with, what you're going through, mm -hmm. um, the more I'm able to help you with that, you know, directly if I can. Uh, but even if I can't, just being able to be, you know, compassionate, like, you know, I know this person has a lot going on at home right now, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick this week to, to, you know, maybe conflict with them or whatever it is. Um, just having more information about your teammates um, helps you be a better teammate to them and vice versa. So that's really important. I was wondering, I was going to just ask a, about that. Um, like, I love that you guys do the team brunch, that you have that time together. And that's that's been a steady pattern since 2016 that you do, like that you've mm -hmm. implemented. Mm -hmm. How yeah, that How's that played out with the vulnerability piece too? Like, do you guys try to seek out one-on-ones or is that like the vulnerability piece plays out like at those team brunch times together? I think the, the team brunch was definitely the where it started. Mm -hmm. um, there may have been some one-on-one -on -one conversations here and there, but I think I think we've we've pretty much set the expectation at, at those brunch times that now is the time to let us know if you're 
family situation is blowing up mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and we, we definitely had some, some personal things that, that happened in the first year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brunch, there were, there were some tears for sure in some of those brunches. Wow. Um, but it's and, like, this is a sacred space. Like you guys protect exactly. it as a team. And then because it's a sacred space, it becomes a place where people can share pretty openly about what they're working through struggling. Yeah. That's, that's cool. That's really cool. Totally. I think too, it's really important initially, like when you're, if you move to a new location and join a new team, because like you don't really have any, uh, like a network developed in that area. And so for us, we were all we had at that moment in time. And so we really uh, relied heavily on one another for support, I think in the hard times. Mm -hmm. That's cool. The the final thing I was going to say about vulnerability, I think it also helps with um, setting reasonable expectations on a team, Um, especially again with like work tasks. Um, if I, for instance, am vulnerable with you and say, Hey, this part of my job, I actually really don't like, or I actually, um, you know, maybe if, if you're in a, a cross-cultural situation, like I have a lot of culture shock in this area, um, or just like it stresses me out or whatever it is, I don't feel good at it. Like then as your teammate, I can know to not, um, you know, put too much pressure on you in that area, or maybe we can switch up jobs so you don't have to do that anymore. Um, or again, like if there's something going on at home, like, Hey, I actually could, could use some time off this week, or maybe just you know, need to go home early this afternoon. Like mm. I can't, this can't be a week when I've got to write three talks and, and, you know, plan a retreat. Um, again, just having more information. I think it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Um, it just helps us work better as a team when I know, you know, what you've, what you've got on your plate. Um, so yeah, basically I think vulnerability is, is really foundational to a lot of what has been helpful for us as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing I want to talk about was we've identified um, kind of three different dynamics that we have on our team um, that sometimes can seem contradictory, but um, we've kind of worked to combine them a little bit and it's been helpful. And that's basically the idea that we are at the same time, uh, friends, family, and coworkers. Um, and those are three obviously very different relationships. Um, you know, your friends uh, are people you like. Uh, you get to pick your friends. There are people you want to spend time with. Uh, meanwhile, your family, you don't get to pick your family. Uh, maybe you're lucky and you like your family, but some people don't like their family. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It can uh, be dangerous. Often, yeah, often it's like somewhere in between. They're, like, they're, they're okay sometimes, but then if we uh, can't talk about politics or you don't want to go, yeah. you know, can't talk about sport, you know, whatever it yeah. is, you know, we, we all have our things with our family. Is someone on your team the weird uncle at Thanksgiving? You know, <laughs> yeah. all of us at some point are the weird true. uncle. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, like, hopefully your family are people that care about you, um, people that have been there for you and, and want the best for you. Mm. Uh, and then coworkers, um, you know, may seem like the most correct, you know, uh, category. Um, but I think particularly in ministry and particularly in cross-cultural ministry, if you've, if you've moved out of your, your context, um, you're going to have some facets of all three of those relationships um, at, at, in your team dynamic. Um, and so we, we have found that it's important to kind of develop all three. Um, and we do that by doing things that people in those groups would do. So, you know, to develop friendships, we, we just go out for a drink or go out for dinner or whatever, uh, and, and hang out, um, to develop our, our kind of family side. Um, one of, one of my favorite things that we do all year actually is our like team Thanksgiving. Um, uh, so Thanksgiving, hey. not England, um, that's when you get to be the crazy uncle. You guys take turns. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Uh, so we have an event for our students, but we actually do that on the Friday. So on actual Thanksgiving, it's just us as a team. We come to the canvas house. We cook dinner together. Uh, we watch the parade. 
Uh, and it's just a great time to be like, you know, these are the the three to six, however many people it's been, mm -hmm. people in the world who who are here with me and understand what I'm doing. And it's been a really cool family thing. Um, and then, you know, as coworkers, um, learning to work together, um, you know, having meetings together, just like doing coworker things. Sometimes we'll like uh, have meetings where we tell each other how we can be better at our jobs um, just to, to build those, those coworker relationships. Mm -hmm. um, and so then when it, you know, combining those, having those dual relationships is really complicated for sure. Yeah. Um, there have definitely been times when I've said to myself, I really wish I could just be these people coworkers <laughs> and go home and not think about them anymore. Like, I, you know, if it's been a long week or a long month or whatever, like I really don't want to go from work and then go keep hanging out with them to get a drink or whatever. Yeah. Um, because it's just like, you know, the, the, the tendency is to put those people in those categories in different boxes and, and not try to do both. And, and it can be hard. Like if I'm having a hard time being Christine's friend right now, like it can be hard to then be a good coworker. Her. Um, but at the end of the day, like, again, the people on your team are, um, you know, the few people in the world who understand every aspect of, or most aspects of, of your life and what you're going through. Um, and being able to build all three of those kinds of relationships is ultimately going to be worth it. Um, to at the end of the day, have somebody who I know I enjoy spending time with and who, who loves me like my family um, and who I'm, I'm good at, you know, knocking out, you know, logistical projects with, yeah. uh, it just has so much fruit, um, you know, over time. And honestly, like it's, it's hard to avoid that. Um, it's, it isn't really feasible to, to keep them in the coworker box and, and to not do those other two. So, yeah, I uh, think, I think so often we're guilty of in the United States compartmentalizing, you know, our lives. And, and in many ways, what I hear you saying is you're saying, no, it's a blend of the three, the mm -hmm. family, friends, coworker, and that that's really one of the linchpin aspects of team uh, mm -hmm. for sure. I, I think too often too, what we fall into when it comes into ministry teams is focusing maybe on the family aspect. Like we need to be a family. So then we don't do the coworker piece of calling right. each other out. And I think yeah, we don't have that accountability. You don't have that like, Oh, like we're buds. Like she didn't actually need that report today. Or like <laughs> I can, I can be late on that, you know, whatever finance thing, like, no, it's still a job. Like you still have things to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's, it's definitely a balance for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's a really healthy perspective. That's cool. Friends, family, coworker make the team dynamic. I like that. Hmm. Um, another thing that we have invested a lot of time and effort in uh, during our time here as a team, and we have found to be really valuable is conflict. And I know that that word has a lot of negative um, connotations attached to it. So I think the first thing um, that in regards to that as a team, uh, that would be helpful is to define what healthy conflict looks like. I think we probably all have been a part of relationships where healthy conflict was either not modeled for us or, uh, you know, we in, engaged in unhealthy conflict. And so I think sometimes that can be the idea of conflict we have in our head when it's talked about. And so I think, um, yeah, getting on the same page about what it looks like to um, have a discussion where you think one thing uh, or saw thing a, something a certain way and somebody saw it differently or um, somebody did something to you and it ups made you feel a certain way and how do you approach that situation appropriately. Um, I think that 
you know, in healthy conflict, we should be able to talk to people um, with respect, with love, um, that that person that we are confronting in that moment uh, can leave the conversation feeling just a good, as good, if not better about themselves than they did prior to the conversation, um, not taking them down a few pegs. That's not the purpose of conflict. And so uh, we did that very intentionally at the beginning. Um, the structure that we kind of set out was we created a line item in our budget called conflict coffees um, <laughs> because we wanted to resource each other um, to be able to have conflict, to practice healthy conflict. Wow. And um, I think sometimes just like getting out of your normal space and getting into like a yeah. neutral environment helps kind of just like relieve a little pressure. Um, and also the person initiating the conflict would buy the coffee or beverage or whatever, and then expense it, you know, and Canvas would cover it to kind of eliminate any barrier. Like, oh, I don't want to have to go and, you know, sacrifice my own money so that we have this conversation or whatever. We wanted to clear any sort of um, hurdle you would have to overcome in order to have a good, healthy conversation. And so that's kind of where we started. I love that. Yeah. Conflict coffee. Yeah. So that's where we started. It sounds like you could name a coffee shop after that conflict coffee. I don't know. I don't think it would go well in England. Yeah. And not in England. <laughs> yeah. No one would come. They would be like, I don't, I'm not, I'm yeah. not happy for that. They were <laughs> uh, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, so that was um, really good at the beginning. And then um, our goal was not to just exist in that kind of, um, I feel like we had training wheels at that point in time. Like our conflict coffee kind of was like a structure for us to exist in, but eventually we wanted to grow beyond that, you know, where we were, um, you know, just naturally having healthy conversations with each other without the assistance of Canvas yeah. and, things like that. So I would most uh, Fridays at the beginning of our time together, ask at brunch, is there any unresolved conflict amongst anyone? And at that point in time, uh, you know, Miles wouldn't say, yeah, I've got this real problem with that. <laughs> um, but instead, like if there was something like, let's say Miles or Matt hadn't said that they needed to say to me, they would just say, yeah, actually I do have one that I need to resolve. And then you know, they would say, I'm going to take care of it this afternoon. And then I would probably follow up the next week, like one-on-one, -on -one, like, Hey, you know, did you have that conversation you needed to have? Yeah. Um, so we kind of started there. And then now I would say like maybe a couple of times a semester, if that we yeah. have that kind of check-in because the, we're all on board. We see the value in having those hard conversations. Um, they happen much more regularly as far as like, there isn't this, period of like fear or like where you're building up to it you know now it's like hey can we go take a rock walk around the block and we knock out that conversation and move on um now, so Christine, i was wondering was that born out of your past experience on your previous team like you're like okay this is the the thousand pound gorilla in the room that never gets talked about and when i go to this team and i start this team we're going to we're going to tackle it head on. Is that where that was come the genesis of it? Um, partially. I mean, I definitely made observations about the format of how 
conflict was encouraged um, on my previous team and thought this could be better um, because I think there wasn't like an equal sharing in like ownership of each teammate. I We did it where it was like a structure created by the team leader and then you just like operated within that structure. And it was basically all up to the team leader to make sure that people were participating. Um, we never got rid of the training wheels. And so I definitely thought like we can get beyond that um, as a team going forward. And that was my goal in, That's cool. in having those conversations early on. Yeah. If Phil mentioned the, uh, discipleship through leadership. And I think that that's, that's, a, that's highlighting one of those key aspects that global scope does so well, uh, definitely through your leadership, uh, bringing in that piece. That's, that's really cool that you observed that elsewhere and thought, all right, we need to implement something a little bit different here. Yeah, mm -hmm. very cool. Definitely. Yeah. I think the other side of that too, is that if you're talking to the person you do have a problem with, you're not going to be as likely to talk to somebody else about that problem. Um, and that can really create a lot of divide on a yeah. team. And so um, it kind of has a dual benefit, mm -hmm. I think, as you invest in that. So yeah. would highly recommend for. <laughs> yeah. Prevents the gossip from going around, prevents the backbiting. I love it. Totally. I think that's really a powerful model. Yeah. And then I'm going to talk about our final two areas of team. Uh, the first one is the importance of developing your personal life. Mm -hmm. And this is true, I think, regardless of where you're doing ministry, um, especially if you are new to the city you are doing ministry in. Um, because if team is everything to you, you will become disappointed uh, when they can't meet or are unable to meet all of your needs. Um, and you just need a larger community than whoever you are just working with. And it's not healthy for them to be your only community over time. And for us, like we did spend some intentional time, like um, carved out time in our like weeks early on to make that a priority as a team. But I also realized like if you're doing ministry all week long, like the last thing you really want to do is go chase somebody else down for a coffee and be like, hey, can we meet up on like, before I have this thing on Tuesday night or can Sunday after church, can I like, can we go get lunch together? And it's just like, I know there's this like natural desire to want to be pursued, but if you're especially new in a context, it is extremely important um, mm -hmm. to put yourself out there and to pursue those relationships because it will pay off in the long haul. Like, and it will make your team life a better life because then like those teammates don't have to fill everything in those like, family, coworkers, um, friends categories, like you have other people in your life who can play a support system in those areas um, that are very, very important. And uh, like, and it's also important to know like that this evolves over time. So like how it looked in 2016, like when we were having this, these conversations mm -hmm. changes because like we started to develop personal lives here. We started to make friends and uh, had other people to hang out with. And things, Matt got married. Matt got married. Like uh, there, a lot of things just change over time as a team. But it's also important to recognize like at, like this is something we're like learning as a team as we're inviting new people into the team. Like that, like where we're at as a team is different than maybe our new teammates will. They'll be. So like if you're integrating like new teammates onto your team, like they're going to be in a different place than you are. So you just have to have like realistic expectations both ways because um, 
they're they're where you were at four years ago, five years ago, however many years when you started in this new context. Um, and then the final thing um, about team is, um, which is true with um, ministry in general, is it depends on your relationship with Jesus. Like if you are not creating a space um, to have like morning prayer time, um, going to church regularly, um, living in Christian community, all of these things that will catch up to you regardless of all areas of your life. But it's, it's going to be true in your team context as well. You're going to become frustrated and disillusioned with your team. And it's a larger part of it is probably on you um, because things are out of whack, out of balance in your life. And so um, I just highly recommend like doing the personal work necessary um, in investing in that relationship, because I can just even speak from personal experience. Like, um, like I had one of my friends here that developed in Nottingham. He's like, I just think you need to spend more time with Jesus. And like, I, it changed like my day. Like I would just like go to mm-hmm. sleep earlier, wake up earlier, spend more time in silence in the morning. And I just like over like a two year period, I could notice like the changes. Like mm-hmm. I would become more patient, more like I became more like Jesus just because I was spending more time with him. Um, and so I think that's just really important. Like that is going to make you become a better teammate and love your teammates better. But it also like, it, it just will make the entire unit work better if like, because we can't fill that relationship as a team. Like, no, the team is great, but they aren't God. Yeah. Um, and so th- that's just, um, at the end of the day, I think like the most important thing in ministry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And all of these aspects encompass what a healthy team uh, can really look like. And really you guys are an awesome example within global scope of a team that is dynamic. That's very Christ centered. And that is getting a lot of stuff done for the kingdom, making an impact uh, there in Nottingham. Um, could you just real quick highlight the six points all together? We've talked over six things. Is that possible to do for us? Yes. Sure. Yeah. It'd be great. Uh- So we started by talking about kind of the background and the main point in that I think is uh, where you start as a team is not going to determine where you're going to end up as a team. So that's the first one. Second. Second was vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Uh, The point being that it's good. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Third one was the idea of like friends, family, coworkers, Mm -hmm. uh, how you you need to develop all three and, and balance those out. Number four was conflict. Healthy conflict is key to having a healthy team dynamic. Um, Number five was the importance of developing uh, your personal life, um, especially if you're in a new city, um, because your team can't be everything. Um, And it along the same lines, like it is maybe the last thing you want to do is pursue somebody else, but it pays long-term dividends um, for your ministry um, to put in that time. Uh, and then the final area is that your ministry depends on your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if, if that's all out of whack, like your all areas of your life will start showing um, spots and yeah. the team is no exception. Um, so make sure to like, look at that area first, if you're starting to have team issues. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so true. Yeah. So often, especially there with point six about having that, that personal time with Jesus, getting to know Jesus more. It's so much easier on a team. I know as a missionary in Ethiopia, it was usually easier to point the finger at somebody else as opposed to looking inward at, at the issues that I was creating. But it was generally within my own personal devotional life when 
I could reset or reframe the way I was viewing that relationship and recognize that it takes two to tango, that there were some issues that I was mm -hmm. pushing on, creating uh, tension that I was uh, bringing to the team and the, to those dynamics, to that relationship uh, that uh, probably weren't really highlighted until I had that kind of mirror effect happen through devotional life. So I think this, those are dead on. And I love all six aspects of what you guys have brought uh, to this presentation today. Um, here, as we wrap up our time, I just thought I would ask a few things. Sure. You do, like you you mentioned this, you get, you're getting new teammates, uh, which is pretty exciting. I know you guys uh, are anxious to have new teammates, excited about it. Um, but as you think about kind of the magic chemistry the, that you've had now in developing as a team, um, what are some ways that you're going to try to bring these new folks in? You're getting three new teammates, correct? Yeah. Correct. How, how do you, what's your, do you have a strategy? You have the three of you already talked about, okay, how are we going to get these three in? Is it conflict coffee from the get go? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Or, uh, is it going to be, you know, really leaning into the brunch and the culture that you guys have developed with that? What, what's your plan, your strategy with implementing new or integrating new teammates? Uh, sorry, go ahead. go ahead. Okay. Um, so we have not had a new team, full-time teammate since we started with our original team of six. So we are now doing this for the first time and also in the midst of a global pandemic. Um, so <laughs> the first two weeks would have looked very different prior to this <laughs> current climate, but now it looks like two weeks of self-isolation. So mm -hmm. obviously um, that's going to affect how mm -hmm. we, transition a new teammate a lot. I do think it is um, that we're going to go back to the basics. So we actually did. It's funny that you made the joke about conflict coffee. We actually put conflict coffee back into the budget for this year, <laughs> even though we haven't had it for several years, because we want to model the same thing. Like it worked well last time. We want to give you all the resources. It may be that Matt Miles and I don't necessarily need to use it very much, but we want it to be a resource for the new teammates as well. Um, we're going to have team brunch regularly. We're going to do our very best, I think, to model, model repetitively these things that we have found to be so important um on our team and then just like clearly uh articulate those as well mm -hmm. and, and also like we've had like exchange students and interns previous but they're not they're more here for a sprint and these yeah. are for, for a longer term mm -hmm. and so like they're it's not going to be like day one you're meeting with students it's like the, getting life set up like for a first little bit and then like like yes integrate like yes this is why you're here you want to be a part with students and the community but like having that big picture mindset mm -hmm. and along the same uh, lines is like trusting in like the abundance of like god for us like to be like hey like okay this is going to change this is going to be new different unknown and like that's not a bad thing and just like and along the same lines it's like oh like they're going to have different expectations of us. And then like trust that like, like God's going to give us enough to like meet whatever, like is a healthily healthy middle. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's really intriguing and I think healthy on your part that you guys recognize, Hey, we're not just going to be like, Hey, you know, come up to where we're at. You guys are saying, no, we need to reset back to square one and start from there. 
um, in order to bring them on. And I mean, and then you guys are playing three on three uh, a little bit. So yeah. uh, you don't necessarily have the, you have the advantage of years of ministry in this place, having started the ministry. Um, but I think it's really cool to think about the ways that you're bringing on the team by, by saying, no, we need to bring them back and even start the culture fresh uh, with them. That's a really cool perspective. I think too, if you have a strong united like team culture, you you're modeling all the same thing. I think I would be much more weary of having new teammates come if it if I didn't know that like me, Matt and Miles are on the same page about the things that matter most. So we're all going to be talking about them similarly. Yeah. We're going to be acting upon them similarly. We're going to be reinforcing them. And so I think a lot of the confidence comes too from the investment like that we've made over the past four years. I hope that we're able to see a lot of that fruit um, when we have new teammates position yeah. on. Uh, Miles mentioned interns. I wanted to touch on that too, just thinking about new folks that have come uh, over the last couple of years. Though you didn't get new teammates, you've had interns at different points. And a number of our partner ministries that this resource is going to be shared with have their core staff and then they have interns. Mm-hmm. How has that looked for you guys? Like, how have you integrated them into the team? Uh, in what ways have you b- kind of developed them, but then also let them fly on their own, if that makes sense? It's kind of a two-part question. What, how have you brought them into the team dynamic? And then how have you have you created their own like cohort when they come to be a part of things and they kind of do their own little team thing? How's that looked? Yeah, so it's, it's a little bit different with each um, – Mm-hmm. batch that we've had um, <laughs> based on uh, how long they're expecting to stay, um, whether they're, uh, you know, so we've had exchange students who are still uni students in the States who come to serve here for a term. Uh, and we've had one intern who had already graduated. And uh, so kind of based on our perception of their level of maturity and what they're interested in, we kind of have had some different solutions. Um, usually, yeah, if there's more than one of them, we'll kind of create a, like you said, a cohort, um, they'll have meetings with each other and with our uh, intern or exchange student coordinator. Um, and that's definitely a, a team that they, you know, they work on that team dynamic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we do always want to, though, invite them into some part of our um, full-time staff team dynamic. Um, you know, again, depending on on where they're at, we may not, uh, you know, go the whole 100% vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. Um, we may not... Um, you know, because again, their their role is a little bit different, so maybe they're right. not totally on the team. But we do want them to feel like they're a part. Uh, we want them to feel included. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we want them to feel supported. Uh, and so, you know, being willing to be at least a little bit vulnerable with them, mm-hmm. uh, include them in at least some of the friends family uh, type dynamics. Uh, they would always come to th- the Thanksgiving thing, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like setting them up to feel supported and uh, equipped to be doing whatever you know work it is that they're here for. Mm-hmm. Is, is definitely important. Yeah. yeah. And then I think the second part or the second question um, you asked was about how do we like release them to kind of do their own thing. And I think a lot of that happens in tandem with getting to know them. Um, so I think each, you know, student or intern that has come to be a part of Canvas has different passions, different yeah. gifts. And um, I think that in their time at Canvas, we want them to both uh, thrive in things that they're passionate about, but also be challenged in things maybe they don't have experience in. And so I think the more that we get to know 
um, the people who come and spend time with us, the more we're able to lean into each one of those areas. And so we just try to strike a good balance to the best of our ability and, and go from there. Oh, that's cool. Well, the last, last part, uh, last question I had is uh, with your team culture, with the three of you all and talking about personal devote devotion and personal development, kind of playing off of the friends, family, coworker piece. Do you all three go to church to the same church together? Do you go to different churches? How does that look? Um, and then do you, do, would you be willing to share with some of our staff friends or some of these interns that will be watching this video? Like what does your personal devotional life mm -hmm. look like as well? So what's the church piece look like for you guys as a team? And then what's personal devotional look like? Uh, devotional life would be great. Uh, yeah, all three of us have ended up at the same church. Uh, mm -hmm. it was actually really great. Like they started planning a church, uh, in 2016 as well. And so we sort of, as a ministry grew alongside of them and a lot of friendships and struggles we both have developed along the way. So it's actually been a really, really, cool. uh, great place. And mm -hmm. like we've all developed community there in different forms. It looks different for each one of us on our teams, depending on what each of our needs are. Um, and so I think, yeah, all three of us serve in the church are mm -hmm. involved in different like ways in the community. I mean, the church isn't meeting in person right now, for example, mm -hmm. like that's starting up again next month. Um, but I mean, we've had mentors out of the church. We've had, um, like my housemate, like I live with, uh, people who go to the church. Like, so it's just, um, yeah, it's been a great, um, resource and community. Even Ashley, our former teammates now working at, a local church here in Nottingham. Oh, yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. Our team to work at a church. So like there's a really great local church community, but it's also like one of those things, like I know some people are like hesitant about the local mm -hmm. church, but it's worth it. Like go on Sunday mornings, try different churches out. Like if it's not the first church, like try a second church, try a third church. Like it is worth um, investing in the community and in those relationships. And it's like, there's no such thing as a perfect church. So you have to try, like, realize, like, they're not going to meet every one of your needs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and, but be in fellowship and community with one of them. And as for me personally, like, um, like my day, like I get up and I read some of the Bible. Um, I will sit in silence. Um, like, I have like a chair that I now sit in and I just, um, and I just like try to start my day slower. Like, so it's not like, Oh, get up and then immediately start a routine. Like I've tried to, like I learned from Christine, like to try to um, create some space, like, especially in my mornings where it's like, before I go about my day, I'm spending time like reading the Bible and sitting in silence and praying. Um, and then like, on top of that, like I'll read some books, like um, there's different books. I'll listen to podcasts. Um, like every day at noon, the uh, I have an alarm that goes off and I say the Lord's Prayer. Like there's all these like, small things that like build up over time. And it's like one of those things you like day one of it, you might not notice. But over time, like you start to see a change and like you become like a more consistent person, I feel like. Mm. That's great. Well, thank you guys so much for this time and for being willing to share about team. Uh, like I said a second ago, uh, you guys are an exceptional team within Christian Missionary Fellowship and the Global Scope family. Uh, we're grateful for you all and what you are doing in Nottingham and the ways that you've been able to navigate ministry 
in the midst of this global pandemic. Uh, it's really been great. Uh, so thank you for what you do uh, for Jesus uh, there in the UK. Thank Thanks, you. Thanks for having us. And thank you for listening to this episode of the Fellowship Podcast. The six points on team from the folks in Nottingham were a clear-cut challenge to all of us that are working on a team. A couple of things that I thought about were questions like, where can your team grow in vulnerability and building trust? Have you created a sacred space for one another to open up, to handle conflict in a healthy way, and to establish healthy and realistic expectations for one another and for your team? What steps can you take this week to foster being a better form of family, friend, and coworker to your teammates? I'm not talking about massive changes this week, but what are those incremental moves that you can make that will send you and your team on a more positive trajectory? And finally, Jesus. Your ministry and team depends on your relationship with Christ. What steps are you taking to prioritize time with Jesus? Could it be getting up just a little bit earlier? Or even, like Miles suggested, sitting in silence before the noise of the day begins? It seems like it should be just a given for ministry teams, but we all need the reminder that a prioritization on Jesus is the lifeblood of our lives, ministries, and teams. Now, get out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.